What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. Let's go. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. At the Derek 40. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hello again, everyone out there, and welcome to the Thanksgiving week edition of the Salty Dogs Podcast. And we have so much to be thankful for. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. And this is the podcast where we answer the eternal question, did Jeff remember to put record on yes, the Yes, this time, because I'm really <laughs> running behind. This is kind of crazy. Oh, week. are you in yeah. a hurry? Well, it's it's like anything else. Uh trying to get some time off but other people i deal with are off so <laughs> that's right they're getting all their stuff done so they they're they they, they work two and a half days this week when, when i was a kid i think we only got thursday and friday of the yeah. thanksgiving week I, now they close the school for the whole week well yeah you have to how else are you going to travel you have to travel oh, i get it's family you still got a four-day weekend you know i don't know it's indulgent <clears throat> well we can't travel anyway because it's a humbug season. already really <laughs> When you were in school, did they close the caves during uh, the whole, funny, for the funny. whole week? We didn't go. We were homeschooled. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, the caves. Yes, exactly. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, yes, we have a lot to be thankful for after just not only a win, which is great, but a fun, fun game. That was fun to watch. It's been a long time since I've watched a game that it was. It, it, now, it didn't start out fun. It did not, but that makes it even better. So true. So uh, true. You, you had the here we go again feeling when James's first yeah. pass was intercepted and his sixth pass was intercepted. And we've seen that play before. That was That's what was disheartening. The jump pass one? No, no, no. We're never going to see that one again. I can't believe he did The first that. pick. Yeah. Yeah. They have said, the coaches have since said, I guess Bruce has, that the corner, Desmond Trufant, Played a good game. made a really nice play yeah. on that ball, anticipated the route. Well, he also said that he studied film because – yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. We're going to talk about that a little bit later yeah. with our defensive backs who've been apparently going to a lot of extra study hall the last few weeks, and like it's it really paid off in the last game. In fact, let's we could just do that now. Right. 16 passes defense, Jeff, 16. Mm-hmm. That's an enormous number. It's the most any team has had in any game this year. And the only knock you have is they had opportunities <laughs> for six interceptions yeah. and didn't get a one. Bruce said he wished it was more like 12 passes defense and four interceptions, but it would have still been 16 passes defense because interceptions also count as passes defense. Well, you know, it's interesting about the the – Almost interceptions is when you're playing guys like Drew Brees and Matty Ice, you know, Matt Ryan, you give them another chance. Yeah, that's right. They're going to burn you. Yeah. And so you have an opportunity to get them off the field and take control. And so. And that's what it felt like in the moment. Yeah. Like when Levante dropped that one, just going to be six points. Or I can't wait to see Levante. (laughs) I can't. He he, he was thinking six. He was already thinking of his dance. And then he just threw himself on the ground, which is, I think, what everybody does in that situation. And it was like the best ever. (laughs) It was the best ever. We can laugh about it now, but that's had to have hurt. I I look forward to seeing him later this week. Fortunately, he's had pick sixes before. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't, at least it wasn't like, I finally had a shot. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, to what you said, it definitely, each time that happened, I think, and Dominic and Sue had one he kind of jumped up for that was tipped that he couldn't haul in. Um, Mike Edwards might have had almost had one. 
There was a few, there was a number of them, right? All over. And uh, in that case, you, you you generally tend to think like you just said. Oh no! Now that we didn't get that, guess what they're going to do on the next play? That was our that was a chance. But in this game, they made another play after that, what and was, another play after that, and they kept them out of the end zone. I think on most of those occasions. Well, we were. It was kind of funny because as the the game went on, as our broadcast went on, when we got up to about four. I noticed Dave Moore picking up a piece of paper and writing something down again. And we went to break. I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm writing down who had a chance for an interception <laughs> because I'm going to talk about this afterwards. And it just cracked me up because I, I wasn't really thinking about it until yeah. he mentioned it. Then I'm started, I started counting them. So, But the, I, I will say this. You start out, you get a nice run, you throw a pick, yeah. and you think, oh, no. What? And you go, oh, no. Yeah. And, but. But then you hold them to a field goal. You hold them to a field goal, right. Or, no, on that one, I think we held them without a score all Nothing, and then when they. Which was really impressive. Right, and then the next time they had that big over the middle to the tight end. Yeah, and they were, that was at the 19, so yeah. it was pretty hard to hold them without a field goal there. So they got a field, no, they might have scored a touchdown on that one. But I would I would say overall, it, it seemed like defensively, they weren't thinking as much and they were playing more. They have said. And players and coaches have both said that for the last few weeks, and I think Jamel Dean started it for himself, going to Todd Bowles, watching more film than the the, the or game tape than their usual schedule would require, uh, just because he wanted to get better. Mm-hmm. And it, it worked for him in the Arizona game, and I think the rest of the guys went, hey, if that can work for him, maybe it can work for all of us. And so apparently now it's a big study hall, and they're all watching extra film, and it's actually paying off. And I know somebody out there is going to say, "Why well, you should be doing that? Why weren't the they time. already doing that? They're already doing a lot. They do. Coaches know what it takes to get players ready because they've done it so many times. But in this case, there was some initiative taken because the results weren't there from what you thought you were going to get. So like, can't hurt, right? Can't hurt to watch more tape. Well, you also you're now understanding what you're watching. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because I mean, if you don't know what you if, didn't know. If you're studying for a test, if you're if you're studying if you're doing algebra, whatever, when you first get into it, you can see it all, but it makes no sense to you. <laughs> it's just symbols. It's just symbols, but as time goes on and then it becomes very very and then you get the little nuances of it and there you go. And, and I think that's just, part Then you can study. And, and I think that's when you say calculus. Wa- yeah, when people say, you know, watching more film, they're always watching more film, but just because you're watching the film doesn't mean you understand what yeah. you're seeing. But I guess it has a little momentum to it because they're they're understanding it more and that's exactly right. They are able they were able to in that game the reason they got so many passes defensed is there was a lot more plays where they recognized what Atlanta was probably going to do and they were able to anticipate it and make quick breaks, mm-hmm. you know? And there was a ton of that. I mean, but still even so, 16 in a game is crazy. I don't I don't think I've ever seen that before. No, and and you kind of hope it's it's the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, we last week we were talking about we were talking about the being a San Diego moment when the yeah, team turned around maybe. is could be you don't know we'll see. you just got to win two in a row well, before you can even well yeah. yeah but but you could if 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 it goes if they keep playing as well as they're playing you, then you might be able to go wow that was it that's when you saw the light go on if you really did find three very good corners in Carlton Davis he had uh, a hell of a game he did Carlton Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting in the last couple drafts, and if it turns out those guys are really good, you're, you've got the core for a really good secondary for a long time, and we've been missing that for a while, you know? Very I mean, long. Like Rondé was the last great 
defensive back in here. I don't remember if he left first or a key, but those are pretty pretty much it, right? No, Aqib left first. Okay, so he got he he went to um, New England. So uh, it would be awesome, and it would change things a lot if you could say. And you know, the, the funny thing is, I think Bruce might have taken a little heat, Bruce Arians, because mm-hmm. one of the things he said in the off season was or at some point in training camp is the secondary's fixed. Mm. And he did clarify later when he asked that he meant we fixed the talent issue. We have the talent on hand. But then we don't get any results. But maybe he's, maybe it's turning out he's right. Maybe the, the talent issue at the, in the secondary was fixed. I like that. I like that thought process. I'll tell you one thing he was right about that he said that um, way back in March and never backed down from it is that Chris Godwin could be a 100-catch guy. Remember that? At which set the fantasy world they on yeah. fire. Everybody loved that. He is on. He is on pace to get a ride around 100 catches. But he he uh, during his TV show and radio show, he made a comment that he thought both uh, Mike and Chris could be 1500 yard receivers. Well, this year they're on pace for it. Yeah, they both are. He's, now, he said there's no reason why they shouldn't get there. We're we're. Uh, it, it'll be interesting because they're both on pace for it, but they they get they've gotten there in different ways. For at the beginning of the year, Chris was actually leading the team in yards, and then Mike blew past him with a, with a string of huge games, and now Chris just passed him back. And Mike actually hasn't had a hundred yard game in any of the last three outings. I mean, he's still giving you 50, 69, 70, so it's still very very good. But he he's due, I think, for another one of his really big games. So it'll be interesting in the last five. There's only been, I think, one time where they both had really big games. Usually it's one or the other, and the other guy is complimentary with 50 or 60, you hope. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if one of them pulls ahead of the other one or if it keeps going back and forth like this. Because as awesome, as awesome as Chris Godwin is, and this, there's no, I'm not saying this in any way to diminish anything that he's done, it does help him when opposing teams pay a lot of attention to Mike Evans. It would help anybody playing opposite mm-hmm. Mike Evans. Well, so, that's the whole purpose of it, though. Yeah. You can't, I, you can't beat him. You can't stop them both most of the time. It was funny because Mike Evans was so close to being over 1,000 yards. It was like seven yards. <laughs> and we, the game. we had it all ready to go, and and uh, he actually did go over it, but then it was a penalty, and Gene was all right. excited. Oh, he's got over 1,000 yeah. yards, right? <laughs> and then I go, there's a flag on the play. <laughs> well, let's bring it on back. <laughs> so, I fortunately uh, saw the flag before I tweeted that yeah. out. I was getting the tweet ready. Everybody like, was ready. I know. Everybody was ready to go. It's, as soon as you saw the flag yeah. against us, I'm like, yeah, come Delete. on back, come on back. So but. Chris Chris came into the game needing 113, Mike needed seven, and Chris got there first, <laughs> which is just amazing. <laughs> but that's the kind of game it was. Yeah. Uh, it was weird. Um, it was a weird game. It was as, a fun, weird game. As crazy stuff happened during that game, and, and Bruce Arians didn't use the word stuff, but he said it was some <laughs> crazy stuff, so I'll be, I'll be political. While we're talking about here. Chris Godwin, I want to rewind to something I said last week. Right. I think we were asked about potential Pro Bowlers, or we started talking about it, and I said Mike Evans is a good bet because he's having a great year. At the time, he was our leading receiver by about 100 yards. Um, he has been in the Pro Bowl before, including last year, so he's already got sort of that foot in the door. And I said – Something to the effect of Chris Godwin is probably deserving too, but it would be harder for him to get in because he doesn't already have it, and two from one team would be surprising. Well, I think I should I think I should probably walk that back a bit and say it's not probably. If Mike Evans deserves the Pro Bowl, then Chris Godwin deserves it just for, as much. And he does. Yes. He's he's third in the league in receiving no, second second in the league in receiving yards and first in touchdowns. What, how is that not a Pro Bowler? I do still, however, think. Mike Evans has a better shot because he's got better name recognition and he's been there before. I, th- I think something that um, kind of went by the wayside, but it, it, we talked about it uh, during our broadcast, and 
Byron Leftwich really was very creative in his play calling, keeping them guessing. When we we had Byron on during the radio show and mentioned that to him, and he goes, "I'm always trying. To, I'm always creative," which I liked his answer. But I will say his creativity in this particular game certainly had the Falcons fooled, or they they weren't. And, and the Vita Vea touchdown is a you perfect mean, example. Throwing a throwing a touchdown pass to a 347 pound defensive lineman. But we, but you know, it was and no, it is. I'm just being but joking. no. But what was so funny about it is that I, like everybody is like, oh, and I went, hell, Sap did that. That's true. Yeah, you know, in Atlanta. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and he did his little hop. He did his little hop. Well, that he called that his Beyonce dance. Whatever. But yeah. It was like a little bunny rabbit hop. But I hope he's not listening to this. Eventually. <laughs> um but but just just the way the, the, the game was being called. There seemed to yeah. be a comfort level of uh, with Jameis, it seemed like as as the game progressed, the offense was getting better and better. There was a nice uh tight end screen to O. J. Howard that got us down near the goal line. There was some creative running plays. Uh, one there was like a delayed handoff to uh, Dari. How crazy is it? How, how how different of a game when you can get the running game going? Yeah, it definitely helps because uh, it definitely made a difference in the play action. And and Jameis was not sacked and, and only hit once. And and Byron mentioned that is what helps me being creative is once <laughs> we if we get the running game going, then I can be real creative on the That's other a side. Great point. Well, when I'm beyond, and he went back to. Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans game. We were, you know, we were behind. I had, nothing like that. Yeah, I had no choice. I had to start yeah. just go, go, go. And um, so you, you kind of forget about that. But I, I, I think Rojo is having a really nice year. He seems to be picking it up. Um, uh, I think it's interesting that he played so well against his former head coach. I thought that was fun. <laughs> that um – yeah, he, I think he had more in that game than he had in an entire a year. A whole year. Uh, he, the touchdown run was fantastic. I just watched it again. He basically, he's about to get hit, and he does a little spin. And in the process, he kind of got a couple guys to not hit him as square as they thought. And, he, and basically, he got sandwiched. He got hit by two guys at once, but it wasn't where they were trying to hit him. And it, it basically kept him up. And then he spun through that and into the end zone, and he was really jacked up because it was a, such a Oh, he knew it was a great move. It was a great move. It, it, I like the rollout by uh, uh, by uh, Jameis when we were backed up at like our one yard line. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I'm always in favor of throwing at least on one of the first two downs in that situation because it seems like you're at your one, you try to run up the middle, you get nothing, or you get a safety like we did in Carolina. And uh, the rollout, you know, you drop back just to pass. You are it's thinking in the back of your head, safety, oh safety, got to get rid of the ball. But the immediate rollout kind of bought Jameis some open space, and I think he probably had two, one or two guys that he could throw to. But also in that situation, you're told, hey, if it's not easy, you, you take it and run. You can run. You, you might get a couple yards. In this case, he ended up getting like 12 yards. Mm-hmm. So it was a great play that got us out of danger. And, and uh, I thought that was a big play in the game. Well, and that too, if you go look at the drives, they weren't, they weren't easy drives. 97 the- and 95. Of course, when you get seventy-one on one play, that helps. well, that that's going to be that could be the play of the year. That was unbelievable. I'd have to think about that. Play uh, of the, year. the way the way that went in between the two uh, defenders. And, well, as because I, I thought it was picked at first. I I thought it was going to be picked. It looked like a dangerous throw, and he had a couple of those, like the the scramble play to Mike Evans. That's the difference between winning and losing. <laughs> that's the difference between people thinking you had a great game. But but, but 
good teams, good players yeah. make those plays. Well, and that's part of the thing. When they, whenever somebody says they don't want to try to rein in Jameis, it's because they know he's capable of making that throw. And I happen to get to watch Rondé doing filming his um his weekly thing mm, film, film session, session yesterday and so he was breaking down that play so i won't take any credit for this but it was really interesting because what happened is chris godwin i think he was in the slot and as he comes off there in a tampa two and you remember because you've talked about it before that the middle linebacker in the tampa go. two has got a cover up the middle right deep middle so the it ended up being Deion jones who's, who's a pretty good pass coverage linebacker but still i don't think that's a good matchup for for chris godwin for for the falcons not even close so he didn't have much. He hadn't yet. He probably would have, but he hadn't yet got much separation on Jones. But Jones's back was to the quarterback. He hadn't had to turn around yet. So Jameis basically threw the ball behind his helmet. And so when he turns around, it's already like right here. He and he tries to spin to get it, but he can't. And that makes him fall. And the safety took kind of a bad angle. So Chris was able to bounce off that tackle and go. So it was an impressive throw, partially just because the recognition like, oh, I can throw it right now behind his helmet, and this guy won't even know it's coming until too late. But you have to put it on a dime, mm-hmm. which he did. Also, oh. on the touchdown throw, and this is something that I think it was Mike Greenberg sitting next to me noticed, the one where, where Godwin caught it one-handed. Mm-hmm. The touchdown. The okay, you yard. might think, oh, Chris Godwin saved him there because it was a bad throw, and he hauled it in one-handed. It was a stunning catch. But when you watch the replay, you see that another defensive back, number 27, I think, had come up the field a little bit and was right in – the line of throw for Jameis, if he threw it to where it would have been an easy catch for Chris Godwin. And he's right there, and he like even jumps and waves his arms. But Jameis threw it inside of him, and that made it a much harder play, but it also meant it couldn't be picked, and it gave Chris Godwin a chance. So it was actually on purpose throwing the ball there. And that was, I think, mentioned. He told me, Greenberg told me that at the time it happened, and then I've heard it since described the same way. Yeah. And, and By I've, Rondé. And I think that, that you know, that's why with, with Jameis, you know, he can get you so excited, or he can break your heart. Yeah, and now, what, and you got to figure out how to. That's what makes the upcoming decision very difficult. Yeah, how do you get to the center where yeah. it, it happens, but not so much? But uh, in that particular game, I at no point did I think the game was over with. Even though, as really? well, yeah, I, I, even in the fourth quarter, when I'll tell I, you when I thought it was over. When but you can finish. When, well, I okay, I thought it was over. When Sue scored the touchdown, well, yeah, that's sure, when I. Sure. It was definitely bef- over then. But before then, no, I was looking at the clock. Oh no! And we had a twelve-point lead. There was what four minutes left, I, and they had to go the length of the field twice, get an onside kick mm-hmm. probably, and do it again. I I felt pretty good at that point. I just seen crazy stuff happen before, so I wasn't I wasn't going to be you know bowing the chest out just the yet. The 2003 Indianapolis yeah, game is yeah. not walking through that drive. I understand, yet. but when you live stuff, you know, <laughs> touch the stove, you burn your hand, you want to be careful. Um, but what I, a few days later now that the game's over with, it, it's kind of fun to think about. You know, that was a fun game to watch. And it's been a long time since that. I mean, the Rams game was fun, but then the Rams came back on you, and yeah, you weren't really. Yeah, I got a little scary. Like, yeah. oh my God, we're you Can't know, this, yeah, not no, yeah, points. but but hitting hitting this game because the uh, there were no sacks, and you didn't get really stupid penalties. That's true. There weren't stupid penalties. Yeah. There weren't maybe instead of saying stupid. Selfish penalties. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there, there was a the worst penalty, but it wasn't in, like you said. It wasn't selfish. It was just somebody flinched on that play, Ronald and Jones. I, yeah, Bruce said he thought he was gone. That it would have been ninety-seven yards, and certainly by the time everybody stopped playing, he was out in the open. But 
I don't know. The whistle was pretty much right away. Maybe he got through there so easily because some of the defenders there, stopped. They, 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 there was, there was. Let's just say it, there were struggles in that game on uh, on a few things. Oh, <laughs> so I'm just, not I'm not going to go there again because it seems like everybody's over it. I mean, every time I turn a, a show on, everybody's talking about calls or non calls. And did and, you see the in house? And I'm glad that they, the the guys up in New York have the TV broadcast to work with, yes. right? Did you see how they were trying to show it on the in-house? Oh yeah! Every time, every time they showed it over and over again, they they started the clip at the point where um, the foot that had been down was now up. So, it, and then they ran it from there, and it looked like he got one foot in and then fell out of bounds because they weren't running the whole clip. It was so obvious. But what's so great about it is that it doesn't matter because because the only people who are seeing that are are your fans or the people in the oh. stadium. All New it York. did was fool the fans and make them mad. Yeah. That New York and, and the head official, he's looking at something entirely yeah. different. And when you but saw that was it, a great catch. It was. It, it was. Yeah, you, you would think he was so wide open that it wouldn't have had to have been so borderline. But that was, well, that was, the, that was the turn. Again, he, the way he did it, he yeah. forced himself to do that. That was, a, uh, that was the turning point of the game, actually, because every week I write an article called Turning Point. And you, you ever seen those win probability charts? Where you, at any point in the game, based on thousands of games in the past and in same situations, who's who's got the best probability to win? So it might be Atlanta has fifty eight point nine percent chance of winning that kind of thing. Well, at the point before he made, even though we were already winning the game by like three points, I think uh, before that play, Atlanta still had the win probability edge, and then after that play, we did, and we never lost it again. So it was one of the biggest plays of the game. Mm. I and. And so now where we are, you saw what the team could do, and the question: Can you do it two weeks in a row? That's we've we've asked that before, and the answer has been no. Yeah, it you, feels a little different this time. It it does, but it and it it and you're on the road again, but it doesn't seem to bother this team to be on the road. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't. Technically, it, three and three because the Carolina game's a home game. Right. You, this makes me think of a couple times this year, and I think I brought it up first, but you agreed. We've talked about how people tend to think that the most recent results are going to just continue to be duplicated over and over again. And the NFL proves that wrong over and over and over again. And so it happened again this week because Atlanta came out of their bye week, made changes, put Raheem on defense, simplified their defense, changed some of their some of their approach. Not supposed to push the cough button when you're talking. Yes. Is that right? Correct. Have that right? You're supposed to pause, <laughs> press the button, cough, yeah. then release the button and I continue talking. I tell you, by talking. the end of this year, I'm going to have that down. That's really – you know, oh, wait. can I say something? Okay. I'm going to uh, give you some film study. I am going to videotape <laughs> this on the phone and send it to you, and you need to study it for next week. I'm not clicking anything. Uh-huh. Not because, yet. Because you kept everything out of my reach. <laughs> That's it. Um, but I was finishing the the – the Falcons had been allowing the most points in the league per game, went in their bye, made the changes, came out, and allowed, as you know, a total of 12 points, mm-hmm. four field goals, and wins at Carolina and New Orleans. So you think, great. Now the Falcons are playing great defense just in time for us to go in there. We had no problem with their defense. No. We tore it up. I, well, you know what's crazy, too, is they, they won both those games on the road. I know, by huge margins. And they sacked everybody. And where they took out Carolina, I was like, whoa. They had oh. all those sacks, and then – we didn't allow him a single sack. And like you said before, the running game early, the creative play calling helped with that. It, it's the first time, I really think, this year that we, other than um, the Rams game, we weren't playing from behind. Yeah, that helps a lot. And it just, it just <laughs> changes. And it sounds and, – and when, we, when, you, when, you, when you hear me say 
behind. I'm not talking about one score. I'm talking about when it's a three score. Yeah. When, like when, the New Orleans game, 20 yeah. to nothing by the early second Because quarter. I always look at it, you know, one, two, if, if you're within two scores going into the fourth quarter, I, I feel you, you got a good chance of still coming back. You know, it's a little you, harder. You'd but, rather be the team that was up. Like yeah, well, scores. no kidding, but <laughs> you can still pull it off. Yeah. Um, but I, but it will be fun to watch how this how this gets played out. Um, it certainly was a confidence uh, shown Especially what can happen. Yeah. You know, oh, Devin White was great. It's, He's coming on strong, huh? Very much so. Um, Two sacks. I didn't get to say it earlier. We were talking about where I thought the game was over. And it wasn't over at this point, but this is where I started to feel good. When Atlanta had the ball down by 15 and they got into our territory and we stopped them and they kicked a field goal. There were seven minutes, roughly seven minutes left. They were down 15, and they kicked a field goal. Okay, if you're down 15, what do you need? Well, you need you, two touchdowns. You need two touchdowns and an extra point. Right, but basically, you need two touchdowns. And he if, kicked if the field. If you're down 12, you need two touchdowns. But you, you right? Yeah, but you, you win you without them, the extra point, right? I get that, but is that worth it enough to? You haven't changed the number of times you have to have touchdown drives. You still need two. And but you've taken off like but if you, five minutes. But if you get stopped, then the game's over. You still over. need two touchdowns. Yeah. If you go for it in fourth down and make it, that's great for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. If you go for it and miss, you're still in the same situation as when you kick a field goal in that you need two touchdowns. Well, that's true. I, I get it. I, I yeah. They had to have a lot of confidence that after they kicked that they could score they could stop us, score again, stop us or get an onside kick and score again. That's a lot of confidence right there. I, I think I would have been more confident that hey, maybe we can get a fourth down converted here. And if you are confident that you can get two touchdowns in 7 minutes, then you should be confident that you can do a two-point conversion to tie it. I I didn't didn't agree with that I, decision. I do like how I liked the, it. I do like how in the league more and more people are going for four, Going for going forward on fourth down. Yeah, yeah I mean, in sure. games you see it more and more and more. Yeah. I don't know if it's if it's because of. I think kicking has not been good in the league. Period, and I'm not really? just field goal kicking and really? and no. Oh. Hmm. I was not aware of that. Well, it's down to like 93. percent It's the lowest it's been uh, ever in the league. And the other thing Talking is about PATs. Yes, and but the other thing is. If you start looking at games, the Carolina game, that guy missed like seven points, their kicker, if you totaled it up. So I, I, I like that they're going for it fourth down more, but I don't know if that's part of it. it, it, I, I, it if you succeed, it's great. If you don't, okay. Speaking of guess. kicking, would you say that people probably think of Matt Gay, who I think has had a very good rookie year mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you think that people, the perception would be that he's great from long distance, but he's a little shakier from close? Yeah, that was the that was what the okay. conversation was in training camp. Let, yes. let me throw some numbers at you then, and, and I have to give credit to Michael Pahanic of our communications department for looking this up and sharing it. On kicks of 34 or closer, 34 yards or closer, Mackey has a percentage of 85.71. That's the success rate. And this is including extra points, which we should because there are 33-yard field goals now. He doesn't have any, weirdly, no field goal attempts between 35 and 39. But from 40 out, he's made 85.71% field goals. <laughs> it's the exact same percentage. So it's, it's, it's just... 12 it's, of 14 or 36 of 42. It's just when his misses happen, it's a killer. Well, they were. You remember it, it more. You remember the Giants one, of course, and I think that was 34. Uh, there haven't been a ton of other misses until this week, 
and they didn't they didn't end up killing us this time and one of them was a block but two of them were misses and what's what's interesting is he struggled in a dome and carolina the carolina kicker struggled in a dome it does mean is that yeah you figure if you're in the dome you're you're shoot yeah this is like a day off but no one more stat i want to throw at you because we're probably about done here right yep um, we talked last week about third downs and how that was a problem on defense against the Saints, but we broke it down and realized that six of their seven third down conversions were from three yards or less. And teams do a great job. It's not that it's hard, but it's not nearly as hard mm-hmm. to convert a third and three, right? That's what you want. You want to get in short third downs. Well, in this game against Atlanta, we were four. We held them to four of 16 because they didn't have a lot of really close ones. So in the last three games, Tampa Bay's, let me put on my glasses. Our opponents are 10 of 13 on third downs of three yards or less, which is probably... It's about right. About right, right? Yeah. Everything else, four yards or more, they are two of 26. That's amazing. That's good defense. Yeah. Third and four or longer, we are getting off the field, and that's that's awesome. That's a, that's a key stat right there. They're actually 0 of 20 from seven or more. I, 0 of 20. I, I, meant, I meant to see if we could find this. I wish I would have, but maybe you already did. Was there ever a game where a defensive player scored a touchdown on the offense and a defensive player scores a touchdown on the defense in the same game? Huh? Vita Vea scores a touchdown. He was a defensive player. On he scored on offense. Sue scores a touchdown oh, on yeah, defense. I'm sure there has been. No, but I'm saying a defensive player scoring an yeah, offensive touchdown. I, I would imagine because there's more of those than you think there are. Like, as an example, would you think there's very many times when a a defensive player, when a player, which has to be a defensive player, has had both a touchdown catch and a sack in the same game as Vita did. Mm. It isn't a ton of times. Since right. the sack became official in 82, that's happened 13 times. But that's really? probably more than you want to guess. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, Mike Vrabel did it a couple times. Um, so it, it's probably – so if you got – you think of all the games where guys like Mike Vrabel and Vita Vea have scored, because it's not quite as uncommon as you think. Mm. Then um, I gotta believe there's a games in there where there's also been a defense. Someone touchdown. did it, yeah. Well, it's pretty. I'll, I'll be happy to look it up when I get up to my desk. I'm just curious. I don't think it's going to be all that uncommon. Okay. Uh, so do you? That's is, it. Is that it? Is that? Do we cover it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're yawning. I, I just not feeling really great. Oh, I don't I'm know what it is. That. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is. is but flu, flu I'm pushing. I. You know, this building, someone's always sick around here. Everybody's got little kids or little Petri dishes, and they bring it in, and they say, hey, talk about how their kids are sick all the time. And I think, oh, great. We had that conversation at lunch. You sat at my table at lunch. (laughs) Perfect. Well, did you get a flu shot? No. You said that like it was a little ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not not a big proponent. I don't get flu shots, but it's not because I think they don't work. It's that I'm unbelievably afraid of needles. Yeah, really? Oh, it's it's really bad. Like I almost faint when I have to get a shot. Yeah. I don't feel bad. I just don't feel I don't feel as peppy as I normally you do. You usually are very peppy, yeah, Jeff. But get a get a little pep in your step, coming back. Right? Well, we I'm, got two more segments here. Yes, I well, we get our game. we get our guest in, and it'll jack that'll me right jack up. it up. Right? That's okay, it. let's do that. Then let's let's end this here. We have two more segments. We're going to get our guest in here, and then we're going to answer your questions. The salty dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast for our second segment, and we have with us now the man of the hour. Yeah, I'm already feeling better because that first one you were putting me to sleep, so I feel pretty good right now. Very excited right now. Fortunately, we have a very uh, interesting uh, guest and topic uh, because Vita Vea is here with us today, the man of the hour. 
How you guys doing? Good. Yeah, how are you? I'm we're doing all right. Doing all right. We appreciate your time. It's it's actually late in the day. You're done with everything. You could be going home now, but you stopped to give us ten minutes, so we appreciate. Oh, that. no problem. All right, let's. You know yeah. where we're going to start with this, right? <laughs> I got you. Which is unfair. Because there's so much. Well, oh, he had a great game overall. Well, yeah, there's okay. so much to talk about with him. But, but I got to believe if I'm a great defensive player, it's still a career highlight for me when I get to score on offense, right? Yeah, that yeah, had yeah. to be a for lot sure. of fun, right? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, I actually didn't know I was, they were calling that play. Really? When you, in, until you got in the huddle? Yeah, I didn't know until I got in the huddle. But it was kind of like extended because I got there. At first, I thought I was just going to block when I got there. Um, Jim was like, we're going to take a timeout. And then oh, he right. took the timeout. I stood there and I was just, I didn't, I didn't know. You know why I, they were I, heard, I heard the call and I was like, oh, oh damn, here it comes. <laughs> here it comes. And we were told that you just put the play in on Friday. Yeah. So and then, how many times did you practice it? Uh, uh Twice, I think. Twice? Yeah. yeah. I, I think it was real time and then you did a walkthrough from yeah, what yeah. BA said. Yep. Yeah. On Friday. We did one, we, uh. B.A. came up with it on Friday, huh? and then we did one Saturday. During the walkthrough. During the walkthrough, and then that was it. So you were good, so don't have to keep practicing Was it something. key for that linebacker on the edge? I think it was Campbell. Was it key for him to run past you? Was that important? Uh, yeah, I think um, as defensive players, I know not to look um, at where I'm going. Mm. So, like, oh. that's one thing we do. Like, if, I, if I'm looking at the running back and he's, like, looking at me, or the fullback, and he's looking at me. Okay. That I know, or the guard, or okay. someone's looking at me. Then I know typically where they're going. But sometimes they try to they try to mess with you and look at you, but go the other way. I was just so, gonna say that was it. That, now it's all out. Okay. Yeah, so, no, but yeah, they do both. So I was out there. I got the play, and I was like, I can't, I can't look out there. She's she's staring straight ahead. Just get lined up. You you ran it before. You know what to do. Um, I knew in my head for some reason. I knew. He wasn't gonna like block me or anything. I knew he was gonna try to Get avoid me. So I came. He kind of like looked at me for a little bit and then went up to Jameis. And I went out there, looked back, seen Jameis, seen the ball in the air, and I, I, I swear I felt something over my shoulder. I thought <laughs> that's why you went like yeah. You that's why I kind of like, like that? I, that's why I yeah covered the ball up really fast. Um, I, I thought I had like a DB or a linebacker right over me that was going to try to yeah. tackle me or punch the ball out. Um, so that that was. So it it looked like it looked like you you came up you're in the three point stance right and you came up and you started in an angle to the right and it looked like for just a second you you were starting to look like you were breaking down like you were going to block that yeah that guy. So is that right? Is that what you did? Uh yeah. And then you took off. Yep. That's what it looked like. Now was it like in the movies when the ball was thrown to you slow? Slow motion. Slow motion. The ball's coming at you very slow. Nah, Music that, playing. <laughs> no. It, it, nah, everything happens super fast. Yeah. <laughs> super fast. That's why um, if you watch it, you you see it takes a while for me to notice I actually scored. Like, I actually run to the end of the end zone, and I'm like, I look down, <laughs> grab the ball, and put it in there. I'm like, oh, no, I scored. That's well, that's good because nothing would be worse than catching the ball and not being in the yeah. end zone. And, and spiking it and, at the one-yard yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you were a running back. I'm sure you played other positions too, but you played running back in high school. Did mm -hmm. they throw passes to you then? Um, Not really. Uh, Just ran the ball. Yeah. I didn't really get any passes thrown to me. Did um, you have to convince somebody on the coaching staff that you had good hands? Did you? Have, did you? Who suggested that you guys do this? I don't. I honestly don't know. I think it was BA. I think it was all, 
all of him. Maybe uh, just saw you but, catching but, balls on the sideline? Well, what's funny is um, Byron Leffridge was talking about that play. We had him on the radio show, and he was saying that he noticed you in oh, yeah, camp, me. and he noticed you during training camp and just – just that you guys are always defensive linemen like to throw the ball to each other. So he yeah, said, "Yeah, uh, that's all." I was just gonna say, me and Bo, normally we always play catch. That was like our Friday uh, ritual. We always play catch, and I think that's so. Byron, that's how I Byron was like a scout, and, yeah, him and he noticed, and he noticed it, and it was one of those. But what I what I'm curious about, you know, you're a big guy. Why is it that everybody's always so shocked that the big guys have? Great hands and and good feet. I mean, is it why is that always the like everyone's? Whoa, wow, why is that? Uh, you have any idea? I don't know. I feel like it's because we don't play the position where we come in contact with the ball. Like so, we just so, take. so now you're you now you're in the respect that you're an all around player. <laughs> so uh, on defense, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you you're good. On defense, you also had a sack and a couple of passes broken up, and and the defense as a whole was all over the place with six sacks. Um, I looked at that your sack earlier today, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it looked like a good textbook example of a really good swim move. Is that right? It, uh, like you split the you were between the center and the guard, and you got past the guard. Yeah, it was like the play? Uh, yeah, I remember the play. It's like a um. It, just tell them it wasn't a swim. That's fine. That's why no, I want to know. Yeah, just, it, just, it, it like a part of it. It was like I think I look back at it. There's like three different moves in it. There was oh, like, really? Like a chop, uh, club, and then to finish off swim. Normally, okay. people like try to do a rip move mm -hmm. to finish off their uh, their their pass rush. But since I'm tall, I'm like naturally always um, coming up. I was always been taller than everyone, so it's easier for me to swim. Okay. Shorter D linemen do a rip. They do rip because it's easier for them. So you said, chop, club, swim, and rip. rip yeah. And to a yeah. uneducated well, a football I mean, fan, we just call swimming, all of that swim swimming moves. is like both arms. No, going you know, like, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. We that. just call all of that swim moves. Yeah, we don't know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> so I'm learning something. Yeah, no, today. no. It was it was mainly yeah, it was mainly a swim move. That's what uh, caused he, me to come clean. What, what I liked is he was so polite when you said it was a swim move, and he had that look of. I have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> but I appreciate him being He's so just ed educating the uneducated. And here. that's exactly right. But that's, but that's the, the thing is when, when you're watching a play, you think it's one thing, but in your mind you're doing others. So yeah. what, what is your best move? Do you have a best move or is it the combination? It becomes your best move. Um, I feel like it's, it's in game. Like you figure out moves that, uh, that like not that move that I did there is not gonna probably not gonna work every single week, and it's probably not gonna work this week. That uh, we're running depends on who you're against. It depends on yeah who you're against. Uh, me, I like to base everything off of power, and like bull rush. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So I I feel like bull rush is probably my my go-to move. Um, I like the hump move, the Reggie White hump move. Uh, What's that? It's it's. It's it's pretty hard to describe. Yeah, it's kind of hard to describe. It's kind of like you're working one way, and you kind of hump over. Uh -huh. You use your arm. You use one of your arms. Okay. To hump back to whatever side you want to go to. You think of Reggie White, and you always see in all his highlights, yeah. you see that. Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. that's a guy mostly working on the end, and he's doing that on the inside. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, that, uh, I actually got it from uh, Danny Schoen. He he's on the Patriots now, but uh -huh. we played together at uh, Washington. And that was his move, and he we played the same position. So I was just like a redshirt freshman watching him his senior year mm -hmm. and seeing how like successful he 
usually even using it like during the run and stuff like that. And then um, that's one thing I just I I took from him. And but it was a hard move to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a move like you have to use like figure out the leverage, your leverage, and where his leverage is. Um, Cause I feel like if all of that's off, then it won't work, and you just get stuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So you got drafted by a different coaching staff, and then so now you've been in two defenses in two years. Do you do you like this defense? Is it a big difference for you? Uh. From one year to the next. I feel like there's there's like a lot of a lot of the same plays, not a lot, um, but you know, obviously Bowles came in with like a whole variety of different plays for us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that helps us out a lot. Um, but for me, I think I'm more – not. I wouldn't say I'm more of a 3-4 guy. I'd say just because we ran 3-4 defense in college, mm-hmm. I've already got it down, whereas the last year I came in to a 4-3 defense, mm-hmm. and it was my first right, time, yeah. so everything was uh, new to me. So okay. um, I had to learn. Can't You can't play at full speed when you have to think about it. Yeah, Is but then, yeah, I, I ended up getting it, uh, getting it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but – when the uh, when BA and his staff came in uh, with Casey and Bulls and their defense, um, I knew right away we were getting the three four defense. I knew all exactly what I was getting. That's good. Just well, because, I, yeah, no, it kind of explains because it seems like this year you have just come together as a player, and it, you know, just I think every, last year, well, middle last year, yeah. last year, you, but I mean, you had to come back you, from the yeah, injury, but you're carrying it over. And you have great you have great feet. So I mean that's that's one thing I've learned about big guys. Always watch their watch their feet because that that's. Makes I feel the like I, yeah, I feel like big guys they always have the best feet on the field, just because D line or O linemen or linemen in general, we can't we have no room for error. Okay. So like one wrong step. Yeah. Could mess us up. Whereas a a safety, if he takes a false read, he has time and space to recover. Right. Whereas us, like it's over. A split second, yeah. we're already on our guy, and we take the wrong step, mm, and it's yeah. over. Well, we've already had you for as much time as we said we would. So, yeah. if I could just ask you one more question before you go, just just in general, was coming to Tampa for you like a big culture change? Is this a lot different than any place you've lived before? Uh, and do you like it here? Nah, yeah, I, I liked it. It's, it's definitely grown on me. Uh, it was different for me just because uh, going from coast to coast. Oh, okay. Especially being a West Coast kid, and right. then. Going from one end of the like one corner to the next corner, I was yeah. in Washington. I got used to it over there being cold, yeah. and it was just like it'd be forty degrees, and I'd be shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fifty degrees in Seattle was hot to me. <laughs> and I come over here. I've been here for like two years now, yeah. and it's it's been fifty degrees. You and have- I got a, a full sweatsuit on. I'm, <laughs> I'm freezing cold. <laughs> You've already thinned out. Yeah, that's wow. great. It is, it is funny though how you adjust. But being from the being a West Coast guy your whole life, and then on the East Coast, yeah. it does change. My wife's from the West Coast, and yeah. she she still swears that it, it's always better on the West Coast. Let's <laughs> see the smile on his face. Well, he's always smiling. no. It's, 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 uh, I, I'd say I've kind of experienced it. Not experienced it before. It just reminds me of the islands, just because of like the humidity oh, and okay. the heat and stuff yeah. like that. So that was like kind of normal. Or not normal, definitely not normal. Yeah. Come from Seattle, but <laughs> it was just, it. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just like I, I. You're not thinking so adjust. much about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
cool. Well, well Vita, thanks a lot. We no actually kidding. went more time than I promised. Yeah. So I no, no problem. It's all good. But, uh, yeah. I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving um, and, you know, oh, maybe well, get well, another touchdown. Well, soon. we do have to ask, are, is there someplace special you're going for Thanksgiving? You having a big feast? or what, what's, uh, what's Actually, for? actually not. Uh, my dad just came in town. Oh, oh good. nice. So then he's just, uh, I was going to go to Bo's house. Uh-huh. Bo's, uh, Bo's. Oh, I heard there's a competition between different players. Is that true? Is there? I don't know. Uh, and okay. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't know about that. I just know everyone is like people don't have a place, place to, go, to go. They just that's nice. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, I was originally gonna go to Bo's house, but my dad came down and he was just like, he wants to chill with he you. He wants he wanted to get a turkey and all that, and I was like, I looked at him, I was like, it's just us two. Who's gonna <laughs> eat, who's gonna eat this whole turkey? It's gonna be in the fridge. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh well, that's great. Right. Well, enjoy your dad. Have fun with it. Gotcha. Thank Appreciate you. you. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys too. The salty dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast for the final segment, which is when we get to your questions. And I feel so much better. <laughs> you got uh, our guest fired you up. Huh? Yeah, that's it. That's the energy. You know, you're probably going to crash again, though. Yeah, well, you know, if, you don't, temporary if you don't bore me, I won't. <laughs> Continue, my friend. <laughs> well, now that's a lot of pressure. That's it. And I don't have a ton of questions. So if there's anything else you wanted to ask me about. Mm. No, I'm good. No. You don't have a ton of questions? No, it's okay, really well, dried up lately. Well, what we can do is do we want to talk about questions or do we want to talk about uh, Hall of Fame? Oh, yeah. We totally meant to do that in the first segment. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, since you don't have a lot of questions. Yeah, good, good, good. So so here's my question to you, Jeff. Okay. Was there any news about the Hall of Fame class of 2020 today? I'm glad you asked that question. Yes. Great news. Rondé Barber. Okay, I thought that would... Now, what you're saying is these guys made it from the cut from 122... To 25. To the semifinal stage of 25. Right. Rondé Barber. Yay. Yay. John Lynch. Yay. Yay. And one that I'm very happy about. I'm happy of the other ones, too. But, but I'm a little. It. But I expected that. Uh, Simeon Rice. Yeah. That's pretty solid. I'll tell you why I was surprised and happy. Because um, he got to the semifinal stage in 2017 which is a, a nice surprise. And then he fell off it last year. Mm. So I thought, eh, that could be it. You know how these things work. They get their shot, and then they fall off, and the voters don't think of them again. I think what's kind of crazy, and I didn't realize this, but John Lynch has been a finalist eight times. No, he's been a semifinalist. Semifinalist, I'm sorry. He's been a finalist. If he, he's been a finalist six of the seven first times. Yeah. I, I, it's been eight years, really. He, I, he, he I, was a semifinalist his first year eligible, and then from 2014 on, he's been a finalist every year. Now, when you look at some of the other names, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but when you when you look at uh, Leroy Butler, I'm just looking at positions. Well, there's um, the three safeties that are always there together, mm -hmm. Atwater, Butler, and Lynch. And, and it, depending on who, which team you're a fan of, it's, yeah, that's you where you those fight. guys differently. But Troy Palomalu comes in. Now, Troy's there, and I think he's a ver he's probably the best bet on this ballot to be the first mm -hmm. year. First year. First year eligible guy to be voted in as one of the five. You know, Daryl Woodson still sitting in there. Darren, Darren rather, Woodson still in there. So there's five safeties, but there is one corner mm -hmm. on the entire semifinals. There's only one corner. That's Rondé. And Ty Law got in last year. I'm sorry if Ty Law is a Hall of Famer, Rondé Barber's a Hall of Famer. Well, I thought that to begin with. I thought, uh, you know. Yeah, we do, but we're, yeah. we're a little biased. Well, yes and no, but I but I think that, that um, I, I, I'm not always... A lot of times I've talked to different people about this, and they always say, well, you know, Rondi was a product of the system. And what drives me crazy about that 
is that would you say the quarterback in New England is going to be a Hall of Famer, yes yeah, or no? Yes, I think he is. He's a product of the system <laughs> because when he went down, they won with the backup quarterback. Yes, but he took – he's a Hall of Famer, 100%. I agree. He, he, the system helps him, but he also – was able to get the absolute most out of that. And if you, maybe they've won with other guys, but they wouldn't, wouldn't be as good without Tom Brady. Right. But that's why I think it's stupid when people say 100%. it's a system. They, nope. Because that's what you're supposed to do. People were not doing what Rondé was doing before Rondé was doing, doing it. it. Now people do it or try to do it a lot. And even though we tend to think that the Tampa 2 is, is falling out of favor, you still see it from every defense at some point in every game. Just We were just talking about that play to Chris Godwin was they were in a Tampa 2 at the time. Teams still use it, but it's hard to make it work because uh, you got to have the right You got to have a guy that can make it work. And Rondé told us a story, and I think I can share it because it was said uh, at his retirement party. Um, I think uh, Barrett Rude, mm-hmm. the linebacker that was here, was asking about – was asking a coach, you know, what's how is this going to work? And the coach is like, "Don't worry about it. Rondale will take care of it." And another <laughs> somebody else had this observation. They were asking him. They were asking uh, Raheem, uh, "What's Rondale doing there?" And Raheem's like, "Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He, he'll take care of it." He, and so there were things that this defense wouldn't have been able to do if it wasn't, if it wasn't for Rondale. And Rondale was just knew what to do. He didn't. He basically he probably didn't hardly need to be coached. You know what I'm saying? I always remember when Rodney you, would be a great coach. He probably just doesn't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember when Rod Marinelli and Joe Barry went to Detroit and they thought they could just take the Tampa two <laughs> up and they grabbed a number of guys that understood Dwight Smith, I think. Yeah. So. A number of guys that, that did the Tampa two that were good players. Don't get me wrong. They were good players. Well, I think they, Brian Kelly went there. And they just weren't all the starters, but they were good they were good players. But they didn't have enough of those parts. Now, they had the system down, but they didn't have the players to execute it. And uh, Joe Barry actually said to me, he goes, that's when, it, that's when he realized that you got to have the right guys, period. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we had a bunch of great oh, players, yeah, which is why yeah. two of them are in the Hall of Fame and two more could make it. Well, it, it, it's, you got three uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, have an opportunity to go in. You have two already in. They all played together. So uh, I think I, that hurts them as well. I, I do. I do believe it hurts I them. Think, some I way. don't think it should, but I think voters, some voters say, hey, we've already put two players from that defense in, on. Do you want us to put four players from one defense? Yeah, and they only won one Super Bowl. And they only won only won oh, yeah. one Super Bowl. Some players would kill for a Super Bowl win. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers Packers have only won one Super Bowl, but he's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, but, you know, Rondi's career, as an example, wasn't just that part, though. It was. It lasted from ninety seven through yeah. two thousand and eight. Mm, he went to two thousand twelve. Yes, ninety seven to two thousand twelve. And I think what gets overlooked with with Rondé is he wasn't a stellar player his first two years. His first year. Well, yeah, his second year he got better, but he wasn't. Yeah, stellar. Well, he, he started making a lot of great plays in ninety eight. Um, but I. But the the big thing is that. He wasn't a first rounder. He's a third rounder. Mm-hmm. Hardly played as a rookie. And so, uh, and the longevity being on one team with one, two, three. Did he make it to Lovey again? Uh, no, 12. No. Yeah. All right. Shiano was his last yeah. one. So, yeah, I think just one year with Shiano. So he, he had four head coaches. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. 
I think I think that might be part of I was t- thinking about this earlier today. That might be part of the reason why Rondé stayed here so long the whole time is you'd think a player of that caliber at some point somebody would have thrown a huge contract at him. I wonder and I don't know this. I wonder if through the years he didn't get the offer that he probably deserved from other teams because it was hard to understand how important he was if you weren't there watching it. Those stories we were just talking mm-hmm. about, people didn't know that. People didn't know that Rondé was making this happen, right? Yeah, I agree. They didn't know that he was the one who was making a system work. And so they didn't know how good he was. Yeah. He could have translated that game to anybody, any team, but I'm not sure the other teams and, realized his value. And I do believe the organization took care of him. Yeah, and that too, all. right. You know, right. They, they, they didn't want him to go, and so he, he, he stayed. Um, but you got three in there, and uh, gosh, you'd like to see all three go in, but wow, I don't know. You, you would think a minimum of, of one You'd getting like in? to be able to get like one. one. If, so. Well, let's see what we get. We'll, we'll have a better feel when we get to 15. Mm-hmm. See what we get. I do think it helps that the only guy of the new guys, I think there's seven new guys, and the only one that seems like a, a real good lock, not a lock even, but a real good bet to make it first year eligible is Troy Palomalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, maybe Reggie Wayne, but the way the other receivers have had to wait, Terrell Owens didn't get in his first year, Chris Carter, Andre Reed, Tim Brown, they all had to wait a few years, right? And then they mm. is Reggie Wayne better than all those guys? I don't know about that. So maybe he not. He played Reggie a long Wayne. time. He played thirteen years. I think too. he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I do. He but played I'm not thirteen sure, years. I'm not sure it's a priority to get him in as a first ballot guy. So um that's a good thing for these guys because it's and, a, it could end up being sort of a clearing out year. Do you think do you think because yeah, good job by the Thank way. Thank you. Uh, do you think John John Lynch has a little bit of an issue because he is a general manager now? An issue? What I mean by that is, do you think some voters look at that and go, "Well, he's not really out of the league yet. He's it hasn't mattered." Right? I mean, uh, it it hasn't mattered for a number of guys um, in the past. There's been. People still involved with the league. Okay. Been voted in. I'm just curious. No, I don't think that matters at all. And and apparently, according to um, a, a Hall of Fame voter that I was talking to, they're really not supposed to consider it in a positive way either. It, it, his, yeah, it should just be what you did on the field. Yeah, right. unless he becomes a Hall of Fame general manager. But you're, you can't really put them together, yeah. apparently. you got to be one or no, the other. No, that's fair. That's fair. All right. But is that true? Because it could... A voter could be looking at San Fran, and, yeah. and maybe they factor it in without telling anybody. Were you about to end it? Because I do have a question. No, no, no. Okay. I wasn't going to end it. I was going to say, now let's go to the questions. Okay. Shall we? <laughs> no, <let's say. laughs> I took one. Unless off. you have more to say on the Hall of Fame. Well, what I Hall of Fame voter one. were you talking to? Ira. Oh, okay. We Ira Kaufman is, the, is still the representative. And he'd be the one. He didn't get to do... John Lynch last year because he had a um, he had a family, family pa- personal matter, matter to take yes. care of. Um, but generally, he's the one in the room. He's the one who made the final argument on that in that big meeting and, that, for both Warren and Derrick. I've Rose. known Ira for many, 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 many years, and I like giving him a hard time. And boy, am I going to give him a hard time now. <laughs> <laughs> he seems, the pressure's on. My friend, I can friend. tell you, this, he's confident. He's very in his good at it. to do that. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, he'll get at least one of those guys in this year. Um, He's very animated. He's he's fun to listen to. Well, what's interesting too is he also he loads up on a lot of information. We help him, and he's you know and and then he goes outside to people who either played against a player yeah. or coach. We help him with that and too. Yeah, he tries to find those different storylines yeah. or information rather than just saying, "Hey, I covered this guy. He's great." Yeah, he told a story about um, how he was willing to give. He, Ira tells the story, and he told this story in his um, 
Warren Sapp final speech so I can share it because he's probably shared it multiple times. He was up in New England. We were up there, I think, maybe joint practices or something. And it was the year that Warren was on the ballot and he wanted to get he wanted to see if Bill Belichick would give him a quote. And the, the PR, guys, PR guy's first response, he went and asked Belichick's right hand man. I can't think of that guy's name right Stacey. now. Stacy. No, it's, it wasn't Stacy. It was somebody else. Oh. But anyway, I can't think of his name, but it doesn't matter. The answer came back no because basically the, the Bill said that he only did that for his own players because the, he would be asked about every guy every year. You know what I'm saying? So he only did – he basically had a rule he only did for his own guys. So I understood. That was that. But then the guy came back later and said Bill changed his mind. And uh, so Ira got to ask him about Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp. And Derek Brooks wasn't eligible yet. He would be the next year. And um, Belichick said those are both great players – but Warren Sapp is closer to the ball. And he's the guy you had to figure out first. When you were playing our defense, he's the guy you had to account for first. He's the guy closer to the ball. And that was his final argument. That was the final bit of his argument, and Warren Sapp got in. Wow. So, and I've not heard that story. That's so to get, so to, get, to get testimonials from opponents, because you, you can get John Lynch to talk about Ronnie Barber. Oh, yeah. And he, everything he says may be true, but, but how much does it resonate with voters? Because, of course, they're going to support each other. But what if Donovan McNabb, and I'm not sure if this will happen, but what if Donovan McNabb oh. were to say something really nice about Ronde? About Ronde? Ronde? Yeah. <laughs> like the guy killed my career. Probably, can't, probably doesn't like Ronde. It would probably <laughs> hurt to say it. <laughs> he read my eyes. So. All right. All right. A uh, question here. This one, actually, since I only had one real question, <laughs> believe it or not. By the way, send us questions. Come on. It doesn't take that long. You can you can do it to Salty Dogs, an email to saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. Ask us anything. It doesn't even have to be about the Bucks. Yeah. Have fun with them. Well, we'll say your name. The questions the questions go as the team goes. I agree. As you know They've that. dried up a little when, bit. When, when things are banned or everybody's there sending questions in, and they're passive right now. But we just won a game. We won a fun game. It was. There was one question about that game. That's the only one I got. But I did see on Twitter, I had tweeted about Chris Godwin getting 184 yards, and that was his new career single-game high. And somebody immediately asked – I didn't see it, though, then. I only saw it recently. I mean, what is the team record for receiving yards in a game? And I don't know if you know it. it. By the time I saw it, he'd already gotten the answer. But the reason I bring it up – Was 500 and something? No. In a single game? Yeah. No, Jeff. Oh, Okay. <laughs> The, the whole NFL record is oh, like 300 and something. Oh, you mean our, our – our One player. I think it was like 209. That's very close. It's That was Mike Evans. That's his career high against Washington in 2014. But the record is it was like VJAX had 216 against New Orleans in the game where he had like that 97-yarder that didn't score. Remember that? I remember. Uh, the reason I bring it up is if you if you take the top 12 in team history, listen to what years these top 12 came from. 2012, 1987, 2014 – 2008, 2019, 2019, 2019, 2018, 1981, 1984, and 2019. One to five of the top 12 receiving games in team history are this year. Was it eight? Did you say 81? Yeah. Was that Kevin House? Yeah. Did you know who? You wouldn't know. You wouldn't guess who it was in 94, I don't think. Uh, a wide receiver in 94. He did it against the Rams. He had two long touchdowns, I remember. Two, like, 47-yard Against the Rams. I think it was that game where we got up really big. In the Courtney blue. Hawkins? No, that's a very good guess, but no. I think this guy was built a lot like Courtney Hawkins, too. No. Charles Wilson, remember him? 
Oh, it wasn't here that long. Yeah, it wasn't here that long. Okay. It was Mark Carrier in 1987, obviously. That was my that was going to be my okay, next I'm one. Sorry, was, I didn't. I, 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 my, my next guess I was going to be Mark Carrier. Um, and then in, in the one in 2008, you remember who that was? 2008? Because the rest of them are basically. I'd say V-Jack. No, we, he didn't get here till 2010. Mike Williams? Nope. The guy only had one good year for us. He had one huge year. This was at Carolina. I think it was a game where he made Oh, that, um, Antonio Bryant? There you go. It was a game where he made that incredible Oh, that one-handed catch? In the back of the end zone. But you know what I hate about that game? No. That game, we were 9-3. and three. It, was a, it was a Monday night game. And we lost four this. in a row. I looked up. This topic came up the other day. Go it, ahead. Which, and it just it drives me absolutely crazy because Carolina ran all over us and everyone realized that you could run all over us. <laughs> And everybody ran all over us. So we were nine and three. We'd been to the playoffs the year before. This is Gruden's final year. One win. Needed one win. And we were home. We were talking at nine and three about, okay, we got a shot here at a first round bye. Yeah. And we didn't make the playoffs because <laughs> we lost four games in a row. And each one just felt worse than the next. We lost against the Chargers. Chargers. I think we had already been eliminated by them. Yes. That was. It was terrible. That was, that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. I looked it up. Because this topic came up the other day, all the teams have been nine and three since in the sixteen game era, which started in seventy eight. Mm-hmm. And I think there were only three others that failed to make the playoffs. Went from nine and three to not in the playoffs. Oh. And only one other that went from nine two others that went from nine and three to nine and seven. That's just unheard of. It yes. was a collapse of epic proportions. It's probably best if you don't collapse. <laughs> Why are we collapse. talking about this? Because you said Antonio Bryant and you <laughs> end zone. I remember the great catch, and then I remember, oh yeah, I remember the rest of it. And then we franchised that tag Antonio Bryant because he had such a great year, and then he hurt something like a knee and just basically just, didn't do anything again. He yeah. said he, that was his last year in Done. the league. Poor guy. Yeah, uh, he's on Twitter a lot. He he follows. Oh us. really? His, his Twitter picture is still a picture of him in his oh that's in his cool box uniform. That's so pretty he, cool. I, I like that. He's still. Yeah. Likes the Bucks. Okay, a real question that was actually sent to us, not right. something I pulled off Twitter. Right. Hey, still Jeff and still Scott. I guess that's a joke. <laughs> I got it. I, say that. Yeah. I like when they pay attention to the little things. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, Vitave has played what? Three snaps on offense, and he's had one where he blocked three players at once. Mm-hmm. According to what Bruce Arians said, I that's, haven't. That's true. I know. This is him saying. Oh, According okay. to what Bruce Arians said, I haven't actually seen a replay. I have seen a replay. I have too. And it wasn't what you think, that he was a big guy who locked yeah. up three guys at once. He like... Boom, kill this guy. Boom, kill right. that guy. Boom, kill this like succession. An, he was like an action figure, you know? <laughs> if you would call, if you would see a Batman movie, it would have been pow, zowie, and zoom. He was like a wrecking ball yes. swinging through there. Hey. Um, okay, so, uh, and another one where he scored a touchdown. We talked about that a little bit. So why aren't the Bucks using him even more? Wow. They said he was a running back. In high, I don't think yeah. this is a, ne- a negative question. Go ahead. So they said he was a running back in high school. Could we hand him the ball? That'd be like trying to stop the bus. I guess he means Jerome Bettis, except it would be more like a semi. So what do you think? Can we get more Vita? Thanks, guys. Martin Tillman, St. Pete. So I don't think he meant that in a bad way. Well, no, because it, what happens now when he goes in, he's no longer a big secret, but he can still run the ball. But I think he's... Run the ball? He could run the ball. He yes. could. Yes. But I think he's more valuable as a defensive player, and we use him. You can't and, use him too much. Yeah, you use him in certain situations, and... Also, what's going to happen is he's going to end up being used as a decoy. Yeah, well, and I yeah, think which was, is pretty smart. Part of the answer here is what Bruce Arians said on uh, on Monday is that we just haven't had a lot of goal line plays. We yeah, when he said, yeah, I heard him say that. I was, I was like, 
and you know, it's kind of kind of stupid when the head coach says that, and you go, "Is that true?" Yeah, he's right. <laughs> no, <laughs> I hadn't thought about is that. It, that exactly. I mean, that's, I was in the back of the room. I went, "Is that really true?" I don't. And, but yeah. it is. So, so, especially in the last couple of weeks, we've basically used him when we've been at the goal line. We have, and um, I could see us continuing to use him. I was actually a little bit surprised that we did throw him the ball. Uh, apparently, they only put that play in on Friday. Friday, afternoon. yeah. Which and they only threw it to him one time, and then they did a walkthrough. So he only practiced the play once. Yeah, but but <laughs> but but coach and uh, Byron Leftwich both said that this wasn't something they just like all of a sudden went, oh my oh my god, he's got really good hands. Just between um, OTAs, training camp, just the little things, because as you know, defensive linemen like to throw the ball to each other because they all think they're quarterbacks <laughs> at heart, and. Byron was saying that he was noticing, like, for a big guy, he's really good with his hands. And mm-hmm. so you, the wheels start churning. And yeah. So, yeah. But, but what I'm saying is, I was a little surprised we actually did throw it to him because after he had that great block for the for, for the Peyton Barber on the winning touchdown against Arizona, they, the coaches were asked, would we get him the ball? And they basically said, yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him the ball, which to me sounded like a decoy. Just trying to get the opposition to think about yeah. it. We're not really going to yeah. do it, but if they're worried about You're it. You're not really going to throw it to that guy. Yeah, so we're not going to do it, but you want it in their heads. That's what I thought it was. But no, we, we did it. And um, You know why it's so cool? Because he caught it. Well, with ease, too. It was just silky. It, that was right there. If you watch the play, one of the things about this is, if you watch the play, he's lined up in an eye, just as a fullback. It looks like they're gonna he's going to lead block for Ronald Jones. And... Uh, Whereas in the previous two times, they put him up on the line. But in this case, he was there. And you wonder, why does that play always work? I mean, nobody thinks to cover that guy. But if you watch it, he, he comes up and he immediately he takes one step diagonally towards um, Devondre Campbell, who was on the edge and uncovered, and he came around the edge. And you see him take a step and kind of do, you're looking at me, but I'm, he kind of looks like he plants both feet mm-hmm. like he's getting ready to block, but just for a second. And then he shoots by Campbell, and Campbell can, doesn't even realize what's happened. Yeah, he's he going continues for the on sack. to the quarterback. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah, there has to be a little hint of deception in there. Otherwise, yeah, as good as and nimble as Vita is, if the linebacker covers him, Play's probably not going to work, right? right? And also, uh, Cam Brate had released off the line and run around in, in the backer farther back in the end zone, and that drew the defender that could have possibly gotten to Vita back, leaving him open. Yeah, I, I it's funny though that that you see a play like that and you go, Oh, why don't you do that more often? Well, they you know, once it's on tape, everybody gets to see it for a while, so you kind of have to, yeah, wait you're a telling little bit. your players now if they get in the line and they put that big guy yeah. in the eye, don't you be doing that? Don't the, forget yeah, about yeah, him. Yeah. If you're going to do it again, you probably have to do it out of a different looking sort of play. Um, if you want to throw it, to it's kind of like the uh, I mean, we did throw it to Warren Sapp more than once, mm-hmm. and we did throw it to Donald Penn more than mm-hmm. once. It's kind of like the uh, it's kind of like the um, uh, when you're going to. Spike the ball, the fake spike. Oh, you can't you, do it. Every you, time. you can't do it every time. You know, you can do it, and it works. And you go, oh, you should do that. All- I love the fake spike. So do I. I do. I, I do too. And you know, we said they're not. We haven't had too many goal line opportunities. You you might say, well, you certainly have had some third and ones. Why don't you use them in that? But when you're farther 
out in the field. When you think about it, if you throw him a touchdown pass, as soon as he catches it, the game the play's over. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to run. He doesn't nope. have to be tackled. Nope. He doesn't have to hold on the ball. He's just smiling. If you use it third and one at the 50 and he catches the ball, the play continues until he's on the ground, and there's a ch- chance of a fumble with anybody that doesn't normally hold the ball. He did kind of have a uh, sapisk. Uh, when he took the ball out and he hunched down and like that, you know, yeah. you, know, you think I about sap, what it was. Yeah, but that was kind of you know, like a sap used to do that. Yeah, so, but that. but when you're a big guy, what are you gonna you, you know? Got what a limited repertoire. Yeah, what are you gonna do? You're gonna stand there and show everybody the ball. You know, I mean, I got it. Look, <laughs> look ma, the football is in my hands. Well, it's talk about the. You know, as everybody in the huddle and everybody hears the play and everybody's going, "Oh my God, we're really gonna do this." <laughs> <laughs> we practice this how many times once. But maybe that's, I'm sure they were excited about maybe it. Maybe that's why it worked, because you did practice it once. He caught it, and you went, okay, we got this down. This is pretty easy. What's I, there to practice? I would think the hard part would be breaking the huddle and not be smiling ear to ear. And somebody oh. goes, what's up with this? Because they had to be excited about this possibility, right? Everybody, Everybody's stone face. <laughs> like, Nothing to see here. We're just going to yeah, run the yeah. ball. But hopefully we'll see some more fun stuff. And, and uh, uh, you know, I hope this is a good building block. But it's the NFL Nothing goes week to week, but geez, man, it's time for us to put two together, get two wins in a row. We haven't done that at all this year. Part of that question was, do you think we'd hand it to him? And I'm still skeptical we'd have him run the ball. I know he was a running back in high school, but he hasn't done it in a while. And you, coaches are always going to be worried about a guy who doesn't normally I will say carry this. the ball, but he'll fumble. I think they will run him. I'm going to say they won't. I say I say there, there will be a time they will. It, it, it could work. I get that. But the risk of a fumble makes me think that a coach – wouldn't would choose they 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 like his they they bruce arians was talking about he went back into into uh vita's high school yeah yeah you can see you can find that on youtube yeah and and yeah but now it's even more but because they showed good morning you know what ba is the kind of coach that if he thinks there's a time that he can pull it off i i think it's going to happen he saw that because jason light gave it to him i like it though. and then jason gave it to um Good morning football, and they and they, and they used it. Used I saw it. it. So now yeah. it's on YouTube. But anyway, but the funny part is, is it's like this huge guy playing against these oh, little kids. It's like unfair. They want nothing to do. With getting the in kid front looks of him. up and goes, "Really? He wanted me to stop this yeah. guy." It's pretty so, funny. Uh, kind of like it is now when people. So see I him. don't have any more questions. So I'm. I let me let's finish it with this. All right. Okay. This I'll ask you this because it's Thanksgiving. What's the best and worst Thanksgiving foods? It's the annual debate, and then we'll call it a day. I would say beets is my worst. Yeah, I would say that if anybody ever put beets on my Thanksgiving yeah. table, but that hasn't happened yeah. as of yet. I don't eat beets. Or cran- cranberries, I never, you know, it's funny. Cranberries was another thing. I never ate cranberries, never ate cranberries. I hate cranberries. I hate cranberries. And then I tried it, and it was really good. And really? Yeah. And then, The stuff that comes out of a can? Uh, no, fresh cranberries. You really mean? munch them up. Okay. And, um, and you know what else? As a kid, I never liked or thought I didn't like. With sweet potatoes. I don't like sweet potatoes. That was going to be my answer. Did you ever eat them? I have tried sweet potatoes. I do not like them. Uh, I don't like sweet potato fries. That cha- When I tasted them, I went, oh, crap. I wasted all these years not eating this. Now, my wife does make a, uh, like, the, you take the candied yams and you make the sort of a yeah. pie thing. Yeah. It's not bad. bad but it's, it's not bad, but it needs. Hey, you know, your wife's going to hear this. It's not bad. It's, it's not, not. Well, I don't like yams okay. or sweet potatoes. And the fact that I'll eat that I don't means eat, it's good. Yeah, I don't eat yams either. Isn't this brief, basically the same thing? They're what, both, a sweet potato and a yam? They're both They're both basically sweet potatoes, aren't they? Isn't the I yam th- basically I have, a sweet potato? I don't think so. Okay, we're, we're going to get back to that next week. But what's yours? You were right about, oh, my worst. Um, 
I, I would say that cranberry stuff because that's the one everybody always picks, but I've never mm-hmm. tried it. And I'd be willing to bet that a freshly made one could be good. It I don't is think good. cranberries are terrible. Um, what's your favorite? Uh, my favorite side dish is, I don't think it's a typical one that everybody makes, but my family always has, is a broccoli rice cheese casserole. And it's really good for days afterwards, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, is that something that only gets done at Thanksgiving? Uh, not only, but we only think of it a couple other times a year, okay. but we always think of it on Thanksgiving. Uh, my actually current Thanksgiving meals with the fam- with Giselle's family here, cause I'm from St. Louis, mm-hmm. but she, her family's here are interesting in that they're, they're, my wife's Cuban. And so most of her, all, her family is Hispanic. And so there's a lot of influences that you wouldn't normally see like rice and beans dishes mm-hmm. and, and, uh, uh, she makes, um, Ropa Vieja. Wow, that's uh, so... So it was funny because at the last Thanksgiving, my son, uh, who obviously is half Hispanic, you see his plate that he's made, and he's got three different things on the plate, and they all involve, ra- involve rice. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, there's a Cuban kid, right? <laughs> so I like rice, though, myself. There's I, a lot I, of good I things go you can do with it, it certainly, yeah. in, but it's in, like, every dish. <laughs> well, I want to say I want to salute our O line because uh, on Tuesday oh, yeah, they call. had turkey time for the O line, which call. is very very special. And you know, this time of year things start up, and and I will say that uh, the, the players here get become very very generous into the community. They do a lot of really cool things. Yeah, that was started way back in the mid two thousands by twelve years twelve years ago by uh, Jeremy Trueblood and Davin Joseph. And even though neither of them are here any longer. They passed it along. It continues along, and now you and, got guys like Ali Marpet leading the way. When Donald Smith. and Donald Penn actually, when he went to Oakland, he started it out in Oakland. Yeah, that's great. Now he's now in Washington, so I don't know if he did it in Washington, but um, yeah, but the, the line of cars was phenomenal. It was so long and, and stretched almost all the way to the stadium. Mm-hmm. And Publix is a, is a is a big sponsor of that. That's they awesome supply too. the turkeys and the stuffing, and they help out. And many many members of our staff volunteered to it, make that go. Yeah, it becomes one of the better the better things. So yeah, I salute those guys for that. And um, are you working? You know, are you you're working Thanksgiving? Yeah, we yeah. always have to do that. We got practice for a little bit, but it's not. It's we'll have dinner later. My yeah. family does it late, so I think we'll be out of here by noon. You might be out of here by noon. Yeah, I won't. Well, you got it right. Yeah. Oh. All right. So, but I wanted to do a podcast. Well. Because we already did it. We did it. This We're is done. It. You're listening to it right now. But, All not right. For, but not for much longer. No, you don't think so? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, happy Thanksgiving. And since you did, thanks for listening.